Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I am the author and founder of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. And I always say I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, but I'm so happy we found each other because you cannot do this alone. It is so devastating and hard when you are in the muck of loving someone with an addiction. Now, I have to say this community, this podcast, my book is also for you if you are no longer with your your addicted loved one, because it is all about focusing on you so that you can put your life back together. And so that's whether you are still with your addicted loved one, whether it's a child in your life, whether you are no longer with them, the SYKM community is here for you to help you find the courage to help put your life back together. Because I know firsthand how hard and challenging it is, um, when you have loved and lost, or if you have, you know, Whatever your situation is, we are here for you. So I wanted to do an episode all about this idea of the disappearing act. So have you ever wondered like why addicts and alcoholics, they disappear for days at a time, uh, sometimes a week or more, you literally can't find them. They're unaccessible. Maybe they don't return your phone calls. Maybe they're not even going to work. And you're just like, you know, I remember driving by my addicted loved one's work to see if his truck was there. And sure enough, it's not. And so This is just this idea of missing in action, you know, so to speak. It's like MIA, where are you? So I was curious all the time when I was in the muck of loving someone with an addiction, like why do addicts disappear for days and weeks without any really real reason? Like, and they, they come back and they sometimes act as if, you know, they're extra loving person, or they act like it hasn't even happened. Or in my case, right, my addicted loved one disappeared for days and then he disappeared for weeks and then forever, literally disappeared out of my life. So it turns out that this disappearing act is pretty typical amongst addicts and alcoholics. So like for me, like I just couldn't help but take it personally. I often felt like, like, I don't understand. Like, so I was always trying to understand his thinking. So I thought I would do an episode on this idea of a disappearing act. And I did a little bit of digging and research to, um, asking actual recovering addicts, what this disappearing act is all about and what is going on. So what I discovered is that he or my addicted loved one, he had his own agenda. And um, what they told me is that sadly it's wrapped up in his addiction. So sometimes addicts, they stay away to avoid 
anyone telling them what's best for them. And they avoid us at all costs. And sometimes it's because their substance of choice is elsewhere. So they might be going and seeking it out. Um, They might be looking for it. And, you know, so so they're basically on a quest to get high. And so they run off to seek their drugs, you know, around the clock. Like I remember thinking like, you know, sometimes he would leave at like one in the morning and I'd be like, where are you going? Like, I had no idea. Like it's so bizarre. And so, so they, he would binge. So the idea here is that they run off, they're seeking their drugs around the clock. They'll binge. So it is the addiction that matters the most. Nothing else matters to them during this time. And they are temporarily unconcerned. So basically they don't care about the consequences of their, their behavior. The drug of choice is their priority. So eventually when they're gone, they end up getting tired or they run out of money or they run out of their resources, or even they run into friends to party with. And so they find sometimes find and manage their way back home. And uh, the expression is that they, they literally look like the cat, something the cat drug in or brought in. And so my addicted loved one would disappear for days and then he would come home and he would almost resume life as if it didn't happen. And, or he'd pretend that, you know, he's not feeling well or he's sick and he would make me feel sorry for him and all these things. Right. And he would sleep for days and he was probably sick. Right. Cause we know he's coming down and he like didn't sleep for days while he was away. And he would like slap me with love letters and that I'm the world to him and that he wants to be better for me and blah, blah, blah. I'm sure you've heard the story if you're listening to this podcast. So when they return home and they're really loving, um, basically it's like they're making up for being gone and making up for doing these crazy things. And they're almost trying to erase the fact that they have been gone. And eventually though, they leave again. The cycle repeats itself over and over again. Like, you know what? It's a freaking roller coaster. It's a merry-go-round, right? And then they come back and they're all nice because they know that they've put us through emotional hell, right? Wondering if they've been killed, wondering if they've overdosed, wondering if they're cheating even, or like, you know, where are they? What are they doing? Like, what is happening? So the bottom line is, the person is a slave to their addiction. And I want to say that again, because I took it so personally, and I want you to know that it is not about you. That person is a slave to their addiction. They are literally trapped in addiction. So I asked more former addicts and recovering addicts, and they talked about the disappearing act. Like they basically talked about it when, so this is how they described it. They said, when you're using your drug of choice, you know, it, it is your best friend. They described it like it is your best friend. It's your lover. And it's the only thing that they care about. And when I asked this recovering addicts and they were saying that when you return from a binge of using, right, um, the, the one thing that they do truly love, right, they, they, they are so, it's basically their best friend. Their drug of choice or their alcohol is their best friend. It's not you anymore. That's what they care about more. And then when they are kind of returning from the binge, and then there's this huge influx of influx of guilt and shame and remorse, and it actually builds up inside of them. And 
they feel really bad, right? And so they either are going to pretend that it didn't happen, or they're going to make up some kind of excuse around it, or they're going to shower us in love and affection that, and might I say that affection and love that we really do deserve, (laughs) or they'll try to make up for their bad behavior by overcompensating. And so, you know, they they love us. They were saying, usually I asked the addicted, uh, the recovering addict, like, do they love us in all of this? Cause you know, I, I questioned his love for me oftentimes. And the answer is yes, but they're the pull for the drug and the love for their drugs is stronger. Believe it or not, it's stronger. And so, yeah, so I'm sure you've had this cycle and they talk about basically that this drug is controlling them. And they said that the addiction is stronger and the drug is controlling them and it's not a choice any longer. And so at that point, there is nothing that we can do. And the recovering addicts told me when I was asking them, they basically said in that moment, there's nothing that we can do. Once it's gotten to that point, when they're disappearing, they're binging, they're leaving, there is nothing that we can do. They need help. They need help. And so in an addict, he's basically, they, an addict, they want to prioritize what they love. And unfortunately, drugs, the addiction is stronger than the, the love that they have for us. And so the addiction is almost as dominating in the way they described it, the recovering addicts that I spoke with, they said it's almost as dominating as needing food and water. So addiction, look at addiction as such a strong pull of desire that is above the love that they have for us, which, oh my gosh, is so sad right? Oh my gosh, it's so sad. So another person that I talked to, another recovering addict explains it in this way. They said addicts generally have an emotional cycle. So they feel panic and anxiety when they're out of the drugs and trying to get the drugs is their priority. Then they feel comfort and elation when they finally have their drugs. But then the minute that they use They feel guilt, shame, remorse, and self-hatred most of the time. And they say, they told me that a lot of people don't understand that and that they wish that they had had made better decisions or they were better able to deal with this and better able to deal with things and that they truly want a better life and they want to get back to the way that they used to have it until, get ready for it, they run out of drugs. Then that whole entire cycle repeats itself again. So you can see why we get sucked onto this miracle round and you can see why it happens this way, right? So this idea is, is that they feel panic and anxiety when they're out of drugs. They try to get the drugs. They feel comfort and elation when they finally get the drugs. But then the minute they use, they feel guilt, shame, remorse, and self-hatred. And then they wish that they could have a better way of dealing with things and they wish that they could could get back to their typical life or better life for themselves. And then they run out of drugs or they have an urge to go back to their drug of choice. And then the whole cycle repeats itself again and again. So the hardest part of all of this is knowing what to do in all of this, right? Because here we are bystanders, you know, weekends, 
our addicted loved ones gone for the weekend, or in my case, disappearing entirely out of my life. It's like, okay, so as a bystander, what do we do with this? (laughs) So the hardest part is knowing what to do. It's so convoluted and it's such a mess. It's like, for me, I made it a mission like I will be loving and supportive. And I thought this in the, when I was in the mug, I'm going to be loving and supportive of you. But the second that it's at the cost of my own well-being, the second that it's at the cost of like destroying me, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. So I don't know about you, but you know, if you get to a point where, you know, supporting someone else is at the cost of destroying your life and your mental health and your well-being, that's when your support needs to stop. Right? So that is when I said to myself, I had to never accept the behavior that was destroying my life and that was destroying me. And so that was a turning point for me. I reached a point where I just wanted change. I would no longer accept that abuse anymore in my life. I came to the realization that I don't have control over his addiction. And like, I almost lost my entire life right before I was able to get to that point. Like if he didn't leave and disappear, finally, I actually think I might've been on this merry-go-round a heck of a lot longer. So, you know, if you're in the muck here and you are, or even, you know, you're addicted, what loved one keeps doing the disappearing act or going on binges or, Um, just has completely disappeared altogether and you're sitting here wondering what can I do? It is so hard. I first want to wrap you in love. I first want to just send you so much compassion and I know that pain and worry and devastation. And the hard truth here is that you know what? There's not a lot we can do. The only thing we can do is decide what is the best action to take for ourselves? And by asking yourself some of the hard questions, right? Like, am I trying to control someone else's addiction or am I too hyper-focused on someone else's problem? Um, Also asking the question, are you doing what's best for you? Are you doing what's best for you or are you doing what's best for them, right? Letting them come back home and like, you know, sleeping on the couch and like for days on ends is what I, I I was there. I did the same thing. I kept doing it and running the cycles until I just couldn't do it anymore. And so, and that's okay, right? Like honoring yourself and giving yourself compassion. But what I really would love for you to do is look at these questions and ask yourself, you know, um, are you doing what's best for you? What are you needing? And this idea here, the main issue is that we don't want to take responsibility for someone else's behavior. We don't want to take responsibility for someone else's addiction. All we can do is take responsibility for ourselves. And that is what this whole entire SYKM platform is, the book, the podcast. Uh, It's all about stop letting someone else's addiction destroy the person you were meant to be. The bottom line is we do not have control over their addiction. So we need to take back our power by finding the courage to focus on you 
We need to do you for a while. And I know that's easier said than done. And that's why we're here for you. That's why I built this whole community. That's why I wrote the book. That is why we are here. So if you need support in taking back your power, if you haven't already, you join our private Facebook group, you know, keep listening to the podcast, maybe purchase the SYKM book, Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. I also have an eight-week SYKM resilience course, a robust course. Uh, we have uh, Live Life Happy Cafe to help you with, you know, yoga classes, meditations, and mini courses and things like that. And one-on-one coaching with me is also an option. There's so many degrees of support here and so many ways that you can take back your power and ways to help you. So everything that I teach is based on the proven science of human flourishing. It's based on prioritizing your well-being and your needs. It's based on creating an upbeat community and network of support all so that you can feel connected with others so you can you know take back control in your life so that you can empower yourself to put yourself first so the bottom line is is that the person in your life is a slave to addiction and these missing in actions this disappearing act these binges has nothing to do with you and you can't do anything about their addiction. It is so hard to accept that as a reality, right? So the one thing you can do is you need to take good care of you and stop letting someone else's addiction completely crumble you, destroy you, push you into the quicksand. So I'm all about let's getting you back. And I thought I needed to do a podcast on this because you know what? It happens so often. You're thinking, what? Like, what are they doing and why are they doing it? And so now you kind of have some answers to it. But again, I, I really encourage you to go to the episode where we talk about mental health first aid. And um, that episode is so good because we talk about the new SYKM four C's of taking back your power. And they are basically self-compassion, practicing self-compassion. They are self-care, practicing self-care. And again, courage, tapping into your strength and your courage to focus on you. And then also community. So reaching out. We have such an amazing community at a private Facebook group. I hope, hope, hope that you come over there and you join us. It's on, in Facebook. Even if you're not on Facebook, you can create a Facebook you know, username and get into that group because there are so many amazing people in this group. And we all understand we've been there. We know what you're going through and we're just so loving and we're here to lift each other up. Not to mention we have all kinds of fun posts of how we took our power back on the weekend and uh, journal prompts and all kinds of things there. So there are many sources of support for you in this SYKIM community. So again, I am sending you such a huge hug. I hope you're reaching out. I hope you're not, are, are not, you know, how I was, you know, on weekends, like, where the heck are you? It wasn't even weekends. It moved into weeks and then just like, oh, it's so, so concerning 
and just like, it's hard to understand like what is going on. So I am so thrilled for you being here and for you having the courage to listen to these podcasts and focus on you and everything that you're going through. Like I swear, I always say, you know, I got a T I got, I have the t-shirt, you know, they say I got the (laughs) t-shirt when you've experienced something or you've gone somewhere. Um, I have the t-shirt of loving someone with an addiction. I know that pain so well and I'm, I wear it proudly now. Like there's no shame around it. My side of the street is clean. I hope you are, you know, I can help you on that journey. I hope you are, uh, I just, you know, taking some deep breaths here and just, I'm sending you through the line, lots of love and lots of hugs and, um, you're not alone. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.